we like to be taken seriously and it's you get the odd knock and it's very disheartening but again we challenge everybody to sort of come out and watch us play and we'll show them the greatest game of all can be played by all looking for your next holiday maybe a long weekend with your mates or really need to get to the next game then it's time to what if it what if has great deals on accommodation flights car hire and more Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Grant Chapel, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so I've, my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel, joined by two former Rabbitohs. Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's going on, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. G'day, boys. How are we all? Yeah, not too bad. And trying to enjoy this bye week. Yeah, it's been a bit cruisy. A lot of time on our hands. Even Mavo and I had the opportunity to go for a walk yesterday. So, yeah, a bit of time on our hands. A bit of R&R. Good to have the week off, bud, isn't it? Mid-season. It is. And our Talis Duncan episode has been up all week. And thank you for the people that have had a listen. And he's a fine young... Rabbito on the up. But what's on the show, chaps? Okay. We're going to chat to rugby league legend of the women's game, Tasha Gale. Our remembering a Rabbito this week is former Rabbito from the 80s, Gary Hambly, who played in that very first ever State of Origin game. We preview the Tigers class next Sunday on the 4th of July, 4 p.m. at Leichhardt Oval of all places we haven't played there in about I think 11 or 12 years there boys so that's going to be a massive clash pending COVID restrictions hopefully they let the entire crowd in because I'm sure that'll be a sellout over there boys yeah it's always a good day over there at Leichhardt Oval used to love playing there on a Sunday a packed house and we'll talk more about that a little bit later in the show so you just touched on that COVID's back what a disaster boys and I've had the COVID jab now, so I feel like I'm a bit safer. And Brownie, I know you have. Yep. Chaps? No, I haven't had it yet. That's why I'm on the opposite end of the studio. But Anti-vax or? Nah, mate, I just hate needles, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, but like I said to you just before the show, we all need to get vaccinated so that the community can feel safer against this dreaded COVID thing. But it's just a problem that we people have like you said, scared of needles or they're anti-vax or they're just complacent. Aussies are complacent, but... I'm not anti-vax. I want kids have been vaccinated. Yeah, so this just brings to light the fact that we need to get the jab so that we can protect each other, the community, and the elderly family members, anyone you come into contact with at work, at play, at the footy, so that we can get past this shit. I'm over it. Get on with the life. I want to travel. I want to go to Bali. Get the Barry Beef done. I've got. To, then I'll have a really good head for radio. Yes, you can. Rabbitohs TV will just go up another level. Oh, mate! And please subscribe to that. We keep asking you, but yes, you'll be the front man. All smiles for Rabbitohs TV. Chaps, some sad news. 
Yeah, some sad news. Uh, a Rabbitohs fan, lifelong fan. She passed away yesterday. Well, yes, not, not yesterday, day before, actually. I was only speaking to her son yesterday. It was Tuesday. And she was part of that fight back. She was at all the court cases, which is a 20-year anniversary this year. And her name is Karen Diane Seaton. She was a member of the borough. She's been suffering from cancer for a long time, five years. They got her together and took her to the Broncos game last week. So she got, the last memory of the Rabbitohs is us beating the Broncos, 46 blot. And what, what a way to go out for someone that has dedicated a whole life to being a South supporter. And I spoke to her son yesterday, Kane, and her other son, Adam. And Kane said he was leaving work. He's a nurse up there at um, Gold Coast, one of the hospitals up the Gold Coast. It just slipped my mind. I think it's Rabina Hospital, sorry. Mm. And as he's driving out, a white rabbit sat there on the corner and just stared at him as he was about to go outside of work. And he'd wow. never seen a rabbit there ever. Mm. And that, that was the time that they were rushing his mum to hospital where he was at, and he got to care for his mum for the last 24 hours. He said, really? that's a sign. He looked at it, and he said, we're going to win the comp this year. Comp number 22. So right. condolences to the family. Yep, condolences to the family. Rest yeah. in peace, Karen. Yeah, rest in peace, Karen. This is Rabbitohs News, brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. The Rabbitohs home away from home. The place to play while the bunnies are away. And the big news is that George Piggins is out of hospital. Oh, how good is that? Looks like he's on the improve. And also, it's coming up is the 20th anniversary of the club being reinstated. And Georgie was right at the centre of that. Yeah, great news about George. We were right behind him all the way, thinking of him. We're giving regular updates on his health. And I'm so happy to see that he's out of hospital doing well, getting back to 100% fit. Yeah, he's the toughest rabbit of all, George Piggins. And we, uh, all us fans and former players, owe him a debt of gratitude for what he's done for this club. Bleeds red and green. We love George Piggins on the show. In George, we trust, they say. Correct. South have the bye this week. Well, it's the bye round. It's Origin on Sunday night. We'll have a little bit of a chat about that later. But the big news is that we lost Junior to Tola to, I think it's an MCL injury that's six to eight weeks. Now, there's a little bit of controversy that he stayed on the field, may have aggravated it, but you've got to trust that the medical staff knew what they were doing there. But he's a loss for us in the middle. Yeah, well, look, they would have only got the diagnosis of how serious the injury was once he had scans. Obviously, if you can play on, well, you play on, don't you? Yeah, well, Eddie Farrow, there was footage of him moving the leg and he knew what had happened. So it's, I think it's a bit surprising that he remained out there, especially in a game that we were winning like that. Well, the decision would have been up to Junior. They knew there was no... Once your knees, once your knees warm, though, you sort of don't feel the pain as Especially much. Especially medial. It sounded I like mean, once he cooled down, once he had his first spell after mm. 26 minutes, I, be, I think it was. It wasn't an ACL, so it's only a medial. Yep. Yeah. So you can, you know, play on if it's. He's had a few knee injuries. I think late yeah. last year he tweaked his knee against yeah. the doggies, if you remember. Yeah. He did yeah. the other leg. I think they said in the rehab report. Okay. The other leg. So he's done this one. So how good yes. has he been, but? Yes, I know. Oh, so well, it's he's a been loss. outstanding. It's since, a loss. since his debut, yeah, was it 2018 against the Warriors in Perth? Um, mm. I was at that game. Yeah, you were too. He hardly missed a game since then. and uh, Yeah, but he's been a little bit injury-ravaged this year. A couple of head knocks. Um, let's hope that we can get Junior 
for that run into the finals, um, fit and healthy and ready he, to go. He's been giving us a lot of punch through the middle in terms mm. of his go forward. He's got a little bit of footwork at the line. Mm. You know, he gets that quick play of the ball. So, look, he's definitely going to be missed. You How know? do you think they're replacing Brownie? Obviously, whether we bring someone in off the bench or we do a little shuffle there uh, from outside the 17, uh, or what, well, do you, you spoke, what do you think we'll do? You spoke just before the show, chaps, about maybe bringing Jaden Sewer back into the mix. You know, adding Jaden on the edge and moving Jai Arrow to the middle. So that's probably one of the best scenarios that could happen. We've got Liam Knight there. So we've got a little bit of depth in that position that we can run with. But, you know, the one you said, I I, I like that idea. Yeah, well, I won't be moving the goat out of there. That's for no sure. No way. Mark Nichols has earned his spot in the starting lineup. He's been fantastic. Mm. That's quite uh, a and, bit of a and, switch. And Jacob Host, the Qantas hostie, he, he's sort of um, shown us what he can do. And I think he deserves his spot on that starting left edge. And he's certainly run some nice lines. And defensively, he's really aggressive. He's a big body. He's uh he's in the 110 kilo plus, so he's a fair, he's a fair player. It's been a switch with Thomas going back to the bench and the goat starting, and Liam's in the mix. So it'll be interesting to see the way JD and Wayne Bennett go because Thomas might be promoted to the starting lineup. Liam comes onto the bench. It'll be interesting to see teamless yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, we just mentioned Jaden Sewer and Jacob Host and. Obviously, Jaden Sewer has been out of the side for the last couple of weeks. I don't think he's been doing too much wrong, Jaden Sewer. Mm. It's just that the other players are doing a lot right at the moment. And look at the game that Hostie had against the Broncos. Yes. He was outstanding. Oh, yes. And we've got to get him on soon. I've actually asked him to come on, and he said he would. So we'll expect to hear from Jacob in the next couple of weeks. So, yes, we're going to talk about the Tigers game preview later on in the show. So make sure you stick around for that. And also Origin as well. And Jaden is part of that mix. There's a bit of talk that he might be on the outer. We might touch on that a little bit later. South Cares have put up a post letting people know that the end of the financial year is fast approaching. But anyone who needs a hand across Sydney, regardless of if they're Rabbitohs or not, South Cares will be there to help them. Yeah, they're a great organisation and well run by Alicia and her team. And speaking of South Cares... Uh, due to COVID, they've had to cancel their NADOC Festival, which was scheduled down for Wednesday to the 30th of June at Heffron Park. And Lucia indicated that it was a shame that they had to cancel it, but due to COVID regulations uh, that have been put in place, uh, that will no longer take place. At this stage, they're unsure of when their new date will be uh, will be scheduled, so just make sure you stay on top of their website and maybe give the club a call and ask them if you're interested in that event. But, yeah, that has been cancelled. It's a shame they've had to cancel it, Brownie. You, if anyone listens to our show last year, old-time listeners listen to the Latrell Mitchell interview, that was one of the main reasons he came to South, was yeah. that he drove past it on his way to Roosters training at Matchville along Bunnerong Road, and he's seen it, and he said, oh, he well, I, I want to be a part of that. He did, he did. Well, no, my club's not doing that. I, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. I think he told us that on the show, didn't he, when we he interviewed did. him? Yeah. Yep. And I was going to say that before, we've spoken to Junior Totola on the show, so we're getting through a few of the players. And so it's important expect- no, that it gets rescheduled, no doubt about that. Yep, and yeah. I think NADOC week is the 4th of July till the 11th, so look out for some of the events for that anyway. Now we'll go to the Spotlight on the Pathways, brought to you by What If? It's Aussie for Travel. Now, I was looking forward to this clash, would have been tonight, we're recording Thursday, on the knock-on effect cup. They're going to have a clash against Manly, which is a make-up game from round two. 
And and we named a bloody strong squad there, boys. It was, Hot, what, was, what was it? Eight eight um, players who played first grade for South this year. And there was a couple that played last year that still weren't even in the 17. And I was looking forward to us to getting back on the horse because we played pretty poorly in the in that in that grade. Haven't been great defensively. Scored a few tries, but I'm sure the boys would have been looking forward to getting back in the winners' circle. But uh, unfortunately, it was cancelled. Well, we sit last on the ladder, so they've hasn't been a great season for the team, but. 11 of that 17 have played first grade this year, I think. And, there you go. Wow. And I've been writing an article when South announced the teams each week, and it's been quite popular, that article on our socials. Thousands of people have been reading it because we take what the Rabbitohs say and I add a little bit of talk about the pathways. And, yeah, I talked about a few of the players in that team. We've got Peter Mamazoulis and we had Lachlan Ilias and Dean Hawkins in the halves and... So and we just spoke about the selection dilemma that the coaching staff are going to have with Junior being out, and that would have been a great opportunity for some of the players to put their hand up and say, I'm ready to take that position. And well, yeah, one you, of them we said, Liam Knight. That's Sewer, right. exactly. Yeah, Jed Cartwright, uh, you know, the Paddy Magos. They, mm. And also, it was going to be interesting to see Blake Taft start back there as well. Yes. At fullback, Jackson Paulo and his return. I don't know, temp, mm. don't know how many games he's played since... Um, Oh, this will be He's his first out. one. I yeah. haven't seen him. I haven't yeah. seen Play. his name listed. Yeah, Tautau Moga, Braden Burns, Josh Mansour, Lachlan Elias, Dean Hawkins. It was a fair backline, boys. Yeah. Bloody F. And there's a couple of guys in there, Trent Peoples and Joe Lovatua, that haven't played first grade that are still great talents. So They're probably the only ones that haven't had that there's, first grade experience. Yep, yeah, oh, Shaq Mitchell's on the bench. So it's a shame. Shaq. It's a yeah, very skillful player. It's a shame the boys didn't get a run because I know they would have been trying to go out there and prove a point. I just look in there, Nick Mugios was named to start on the bench and that's going to roll into... So we originally, when we said we're going to spotlight on the pathways, that also meant the junior teams, as in the junior, the South, South Juniors, juniors. A-grade. And there's a big clash on this Saturday at Yarra Oval when LARPA take on Matto and it's also the Gina Stewart Memorial Day. Now, hopefully COVID doesn't cancel it. At this stage, we're hearing that it's on, but it's just going to be social distancing, four-metre rule, just to touch on Gina, she was a well-respected lady in the community and the South Junior um, area, mm. a LARPA lady through and through. Had a big influence on Blake Taft's career, Josh yes. Cook and the likes. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, that's going to be a big day and I think they've asked, the family's asked if you can make sure you go down, check in properly with your phones, bring a mask, keep social distancing and that day will go off without a hitch. And Michelle, her daughter, has got a lot of merchandise down there with... Gina's photo, such as shirts, uh, beer holders. So, yeah, so oh, it'll be, they'll, they'll get sold out. be a great day that. down there. Yeah, and we had planned to do Rabdos TV with interviews, shooting footage of the action. So we're still going to do it to showcase the event, but it might not be as good as we wanted it to be because we can't be standing close to people and we've got to stay our distance. But And a lot good, of the young good, Pathways players. Good players on show, Brownie. Yeah. No about it. Yeah, maybe some of the players. So for Matto... They will have Nick Mugius, Dan Robinson, Cameron Akula, and Louis Grosme, who the great Bob McCarthy give a shout-out to during the week, and we shared that on our socials. And you can, and if you haven't seen that, scroll down now to the episode webpage, rabbitosradio.com.au, and it'll be there. And Louis was mentioned in last week's show because he came across from the Roosters with Tallis. young Tallis. So he, did, he did. And he's a player to keep an eye on too, Louis Grosme. And who's Louis's mum, Brownie? So young Louis got sport in his blood. His mum was a famous ironwoman, Samantha O'Brien, back in the day. Yeah, she was one of the leading 
Iron Woman sportsman back in the day. And, sportswomen. Uh, sportswomen. Yep. And, and we've also got Paul... Uh, Blake Judd's in the side as well. We've got Jade Anderson, who's a fantastic talent mm. for Matto. Well, Jade's actually been called up to the New South Wales Cup squad mm. as a But he'd be playing this Saturday. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And for La Perouse, they're going to have PJ Vagel, Evan Manning, and Adam Mortlock. And they've been going fantastic. Just they a young have. side, super aggressive, super quick. Uh, they've been running teams off their feet, La Perouse. So it's mm. going to be a hell of a clash. They're one and two on the table. And I, for one, can't wait for it. Another young kid to keep an eye out for La Perouse. I th- maybe Gavin Lester's son might be yes. playing. Harley Lester. Harley yep, Lester, Harley. yeah. Yep. Well, I, I spoke to Bolo Cook, the president of La Perouse, and he did mention a Harley as well. And in the round one clash, La Perouse got him. And I was talking to the great Wilksie down at the Banks Hotel last week, and he told me that he thinks Matto will win the comp. So it's a big game. And can't wait to have a look at that. On Saturday, 2 o'clock, Yarra Oval. Make sure you bring your mask and support the Gina Stewart Memorial Day. Rest in peace, Gina. Let's go to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. This is Tasha Gale and you're listening to Rabbitohs Radio. Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got Rugby League Royalty Former Rabbitoh, New South Wales, Jillaroo halfback, Tasha Gal. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Well, I grew up uh, in Strathfield and um, the Gale household, you know, with older brothers and whatnot playing league, I think. Actually, there wasn't. It probably wasn't a normal day in the Gale household. Like both my parents um, very much involved in the sporting world. They were both well-graded athletes, and it was, you know, not unusual to just have, you know, dawn the the dawn phrases and other celebrated athletes around for you know game of cards or dinner. They're all pretty heavy drinkers too. So wow. yeah, there was no normal day in the Gale household. That's for sure. So your father Terry Gale, he was a 220-yard sprint champion. Um, what about your mum? You said your mother was a, an athlete as well. Yeah, mum was a hex uh, athlete, so she could run and jump. So one thing we learned very, very quickly as youngins is um, don't try and run away from mum and dad. <laughs> if anything, you climb. Get on the roof because uh, I think they both got a bit of vertigo. <laughs> yeah. And dad went to the 1958 Commonwealth Games and won a bronze medal in the relay, we believe. He sure did, yeah. Actually, um, I think I've got that, yeah. yeah. Now, Dad was, you know, I think his best event, and he'll, he won't mind me saying it, was probably the 400 metres, even though he represented in the um, the 220. It was too hard for him to train. He's a bit of a lazy trainer, Dad, and he found mm. training for the 220 was easier than the 400. Yeah. Right. So champion athletes run in your family then? Pretty lucky, yeah, yeah. Mum and Dad, um, that, that they had Brett, then Scott, then myself, and Brett and Scott both played in the uh, Australian Schoolboys. They both played first grade NRL, and so I guess it was only just a natural progression. If I wanted to play with my big brothers, I had to play like them, I guess. Yeah, t- tell us a little bit about Brett and Scott in their playing days, and, and what you remember about them. Yeah, well, we're all fairly close in age, like Scotty's 
18 months older than me, Brett only 13 months older than Scott. So very close in age and look, they were very successful right from the get-go. Anything my brothers put their hand to, they were like state reps or, you know, they the young Packers cricket squad. Um, I think Scotty made that. Brett smashed, you know, hurdles, records or whatever, but their love was rugby league. And, um, yeah, I just remember as a, as a little girl uh, being dragged along to various ovals and whatnot and watching my brothers play and, you know, asking mum, you know, why can't I play? And um, mum would just say, you can't play. And I thought, and then I'd watch, you know, my brothers run through and score. Mm-hmm. And I'd go, well, I can play because I stopped them from scoring, you know, <laughs> yesterday in the backyard. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, because I've heard you say the story about you couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom without one of the boys grassing you in the lounge room. <laughs> oh, crash tackles galore. Like it was a, it was a funny rule. Dad was very um, protective and you're not allowed to hit your sister. <laughs> boys don't hit girls. But, hey, crash tackle, smash up, that's fine. <laughs> no worries with that. So, you know, every time you get up, go to the toilet or whatever, it was a tackle or be tackled sort of situation. And a mate of ours, Phil Colley, remembers Scott teaching him at Holy Cross Ride. Yeah, yeah, and and Ronnie Palmer, the famous oh, yeah. Ronnie Palmer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Holy Cross Ride. Actually, Scotty was my um, I'm a PE teacher also, and Scott was right. actually my uh, supervising practice teacher. And I remember him just saying, you know, Tash will take your lesson. Tash will take your lesson because he was. <laughs> Playing cards in the staff room, uh-huh. so he wanted to keep the card game going. Let 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 uh, little sis take over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was teaching Mate. geography, English. Anybody that was playing cards with Scott got the lesson off because his little sister would take their class. Tasha, it's well, it's well known that Scott passed away at a young age from MND. Yeah. How did the family cope with his death? Well, oh, that that was. Uh, that was a really very, very tough time. I'd just come back from captaining the first World Cup in England and very early in, that was at the end of 2000, very early in 2001, Scotty was diagnosed with uh, motor neurone disease mm. and uh, fairly hard hitting. It's one of the most, probably the most cruelest diseases. And uh, Scotty asked me to move in with him. He, he knew the prognosis. And so I moved in with him and cared for him um, up until he um, he died in 2004, March. Mm. At, he just turned 39. But look, fellas, I've got to tell you what, I, I learned so much from Scotty, you know, so many life lessons, you know, courage, resilience. He was amazing. And he, it, that sense of humour and that brain of his never, ever stopped. It was um, it was a joy to be around. The house was always full. There was always parties going on. <laughs> um, he was absolutely amazing. It, mm. it was a tough time, but yeah, we made the most of it. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a couple of former rugby league players going through the same issue now. Uh, Carl Webb from, who was a hard-running back rower from the the Queensland team, and and a young fellow over in the UK, uh, Rob Burrow. He was only a little fella, but he's got a heart as big as a lion. 
and and we're seeing that documented, you know, what they're going through at this stage of that that awful disease. Also, Mark Burgess, Sam Burgess's dad was another that was you know a well known case, and I think Sam's you know, publicly tried to take on the MND cause as well. Yeah, he's an ambassador. Yeah, look, yeah, I'm loving the uh, amount of publicity and and backing that we're getting. It it's a strange disease. Like they don't know what really causes it. But I know a, a great many athletes. It seems to be common among athletes. I think when Scotty was first di- diagnosed, I don't know if you remember the bloke called Lou Gehrig. I think yeah, he was I do, yeah. yeah, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And so they started thinking, oh, you know, is it caused by the pesticides they put in the ovals or whatever else? It was just really no idea how it started. They've come a long way since then. And thanks to the great fundraising, they'll keep making um, further successes in treatment, I hope. Just um, while we're talking about MN, just give us a, a, a background. What happens? What are some of the symptoms that happen to your brother and those that suffer from it? Well, what, what happened was Scotty first noticed that um, he was uh, running a pub in Maitland and when he went down to tap the beers, it's a bit of a fine motor skill and he noticed he couldn't do it and I think he'd just been out the weekend before with Benny Elias on a boat and I think they were, you know, a little bit rat baggish on the boat and Scott fell and hit his head. So originally put, you know, that lack of, motor skill down to a bit of an effective concussion or whatnot. But, you know, test after test eliminated various things until uh, Dr. Dominic Rowe diagnosed him with motor neurone disease. And guys, it's just slowly but surely it takes everything from you. So right to the point where he couldn't feed himself, he couldn't do anything really late. In the middle of the night, if there was a mosquito on his, you know, face or whatever, he'd just sort of grown out and, you know, I could run in and swat the mosquito away. It's, he's, he's, even his speech became really very affected to the point where his own mum and dad couldn't, couldn't understand him. I was living with him, so I was pretty much the only one. I used to translate for him, but he was always just a witty bugger. But yeah, that that cruel disease takes everything. Over the three four years, um, his uh, ability to walk, talk, feed, everything. It, it, but his mind remains sharp. That moment, yeah, mm. Jesus, it must have been uh, sad to watch Tasha. But um, yeah, rest in peace to to Scotty. And look, we'll touch on your career a little bit. When when did you start playing rugby league? Oh, I think from the moment I could walk, I had to tackle in order to be involved with my brothers. You know, just you want to play with your siblings. But I was, when was it, 1995. I was playing touch football and one of the coaches there who also coached a rugby league team down in the Gong said, come on down, I think you'd like this. And I always wanted to play tackle and so... That was 1995. I played for the uh, the Bulleye Eagles down in Illawarra. And then the following year, came up to Sydney and joined the great Rabbitohs, 1996 <laughs> to 2000. What a great club, guys. 
How did, how did that actually come about? Who contacted you and how did it all come about? Well, the, there was a, there were little competitions everywhere. Um, you know, Canberra, WA, Illawarra, Hunter Region, Sydney. And we just thought to get anywhere, um, we need to amalgamate this, get um, better competitions happening. And um, the Bunnies were really proactive. They were probably one of the most supportive clubs going around for the women's game. I remember we were really, really lucky to to be part of the Bunnies and um, had a fair bit of success with them too. So they were happy with us. I remember when I was touring, if you played for the Bunnies, you know, the Bunnies would back you a little bit financially, which made a a big difference Mm. to the girls. So, yeah, I can't remember exactly who it was, but people like, I don't know if you know Andrew Charles yeah, or yep, yep. Jason Tassel. Yep. Yep. He's uh, a former player. Yep. These guys really, they coached us and they really gave us a sense of professionalism. You know, they didn't treat us like, oh, they're just girls trying to, trying to play a uh, men's game. These guys really put their heart and soul into developing us. And that was all through the bunnies. And look, we, I think rugby league grew a lot when the bunnies got behind us. We just skipped over it before, but could you tell us a story about how Mum and Dad found out you were playing rugby league? Oh, yeah. Well, Mum and Dad, I mean, God, they gave me seven years of private elocution lessons. I had ballroom dancing lessons. <laughs> uh, just uh, uh, tennis was my main sport. Mum thought basketball was a bit rough for me. and So anyway, when I got the opportunity to sneak down to the Illawarra and play my first game, I didn't tell mum and dad. I was still playing, I think, netball and tennis at that, that point. And then there was a, a reporter that came down and I thought it was just going to be for the, you know, the local Mercury or whatnot down the Illawarra. And it ended up, it's the middle colour thread of the Daily Telegraph and my book head didn't like five out of six shots. So I rang, uh, I rang up my dad, really, because dad would cover for me. And um, he said, yes, darling, mum knows. So that's how it all happened. Unreal. And mum, mum loves her rugby league. She actually coached rugby league. She's got a level three certificate and it, she couldn't hold back. She then came down to the Steeler City Challenge. And after watching me feed the scrum and things like that, she jumped the fence at half time and decided that my tackle technique little needed this bit where I was putting my head, you know, the way I walk around the scrum, this is what I have to do. And <laughs> from then on, I, I had her support, which was great. Well, Brownie, we mentioned that to Brownie just before, and he said, yes, exactly right. What your mum said was right, Brownie. Yep, that's right. When you fed the scrum, you always come around the opposition scrum base that way you know they couldn't see you or, or especially the hooker because you could strike back for the ball back in the day and the hooker couldn't see you coming around to to feed the scrum and the first person that would see you would be your hooker exactly brownie and that's exactly how mum put it and i thought yeah that makes sense so yeah i was very lucky to have her input as well as obviously my brother and, and there was another little pointer that my dad gave me um when, when we were playing is that the halfback would always hold the ball in one hand, and when he put it in two hands, the hooker could strike for the ball. Wow, I'm so, still learning things. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, talking about working with the with the game, 
I spoke to Michelle Cheney, who loves the Rabbitohs women's team with a passion, and she said that, yes, you were, you've been occasionally helping out with the team and going in the dressing room and mentoring some of our women's players. Yeah, I have. Look, I'm, I'm really grateful. Dean Witters, the coach, we've got a, a bit of a background. He's, he's such a great guy, and, yeah, he's allowed me to sort of come in and be a bit involved with the um, – with the girls and I've really, really loved it. Again, the sense of community and culture that the Rabbitohs have is outstanding. And it's people like Michelle. It's those sort of people that are all behind the success. You know, Michelle loves the game. She loves the bunnies. Mm. And it's a little thing she does that make it so much easier for the girls. And, and the girls have been really responsive too. Like uh, Akira Kelly. Uh, is their halfback. Mm. She's actually wearing number six in the last few games, but that's only because the jersey fits her better. She's still playing in the halfback position. She came through ah. the Taj Gal Cup. Yep. Um, look, she's, her game has developed so much just this season. It's been really, really good to see, and I love going out to the Bunnies games. And, and look, they, they really had a, um, a really good success towards the end of the season. The they players did. have developed so Looking forward to seeing how they go in the years to come. Yeah, they actually won their last three games. So mm. it's all built on defence. We were watching it early in the year; they weren't scoring a lot of points, but defensively they were up for it. They were just getting outclassed a little bit. And by the back end of the year, you can see the growth in all the girls. You know, in particular the the young girls. She's only really small. Hanine's Rika. I think she was sort of playing everywhere: fullback, centre, wing. Jumped in at five yeah. eight the last couple of games. She's got so much speed, and she's just a footballer. She truly is. She she really reads the game very well. She's got a cheeky little kick that she can thread through into the in goal, and um, she's come. Yeah, she's only tiny, like you said, but gee, she's a smart footballer. And her and Akira just were combining magnificently, especially towards the back end of the season. And, and it'd be rude, Tasha, if we didn't mention Katie Brown, who we've had on the show, and she <laughs> uh, she plays with a heart on her sleeve, and she gives a hundred percent every time. She takes the field, and she's she's another one that's come along leaps and bounds over the you know the last twelve months. Katie Brown absolutely love that girl. <laughs> she's um, we all do. Yeah, and how how can you not? Yep. She's um, I often give her you know she'll ask you know how do I play or whatever, and I'll just say Katie, look, you're going great guns. You're tackling everything in sight, but when you you know when you take that hit up. She was too upright, and she was getting smashed. And God bless her, she kept getting back up. But you can just see now her form and balance and ability to, to run the ball, to offload, her tackling techniques improving. Her, actually, she's a, Dean was saying she's a great leader in the club, and this is only the second year in the game. So Katie Brown, hats off. Love watching her play. Yeah, well done, Katie. Yeah. And not only that, she's a star on SEN Radio and she's on NRL.com. I think you've been on the show with her a couple of years back. Katie has been such a supporter of the of the women's game. I think, um, yeah, the last three years we've been doing panel shows uh, before every NRLW. Um, we were the first all-women panel show on Rugby League. So, yeah, look, she's so supportive. Um, she's with SEN now and she's She's going great guns. But, yeah, no, she's a special friend, Katie. Really love her. Yeah, Tasha, you just mentioned a, a few of the women that are involved. How important is the 
women in league round that recognise all the women that are involved and not only the players and, and the support staff but all the way down to the junior level, to the mums you know, who drive the young kids. We had a young kid on last week, Talis Duncan, who said his mum used to drive him an hour and a half to train and to Newcastle. They lived in Dungog and drove, drove him to Newcastle to train for the Harold Mats and back every, every second day. They are, the, the women in league ground, so important because they are the un, unsung heroes. Like you mentioned, Michelle Sini. There's a million of people like that that are the backbone to our great game. And the mums especially, yeah. you know, there's so many stories like the one you just mentioned. And the mums are out, out there, they're driving them, they're often juggling you know, a job, a couple of kids, different areas where they need to play. But, yeah, women in sport, such a, such a vital component. And what, as long as you've got women cheering in the stands for rugby league, mm. you know, it, it's a great market to tap into and you're always going to have some of them that want to play. And thankfully, right from the coaches, support staff, mentors, well-being coaches and especially the mums, mm. you know, that they're so important to our game. I mean, how many of the, the girls at the top level are actually mums? That's, That's right. just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you speak about the women getting involved and what about yourself? Tell us about the fundraiser pub story, raising money for, for women's <laughs> rugby league, in particular your own team there. Yeah, well, back in the day, you know, we, we didn't have the luxury that the girls have today and I'm not saying the girls have it you know, at the very best, they're still breaking down barriers and there's still a way to go. But my goodness, they've come a long way since I first started. Uh, you know, we had to be inventive. We had to find ways to get the money to, you know, pay for our own jerseys. Um, so I was selling meat raffles. They weren't going all that well. And then I worked out that, you know, if you go to the publican, and you say, mate, I'll buy 10 schooners and then I'll raffle them off. The, mm. the guys are much more happy to to buy um, a ticket that could go to 10 schooners <laughs> instead of a meat raffle. Great initiative. Sorry. That's unreal. A lot of vegetarians. Yeah. Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah. And so what happened was they're going all the time, it, it'd be rugby league, like tackle. And I go, yes, mate, tackle. You know, we're going to a World Cup. <laughs> and he's going, Fairing, no, look, if you tackle my mate over there, I'll buy, you know, 20 tickets. And so, you know, everybody's got a mate called Macca, right, and footy. And <laughs> <laughs> there's Macca at the bar and he goes, hey, Macca, she's going to tackle you. And so Macca puts his beer back on the bar and he goes, come on, run at her. And so, you know, naturally Macca runs at me with his hands flailing. He runs, you know, like a girl, what he thinks like a girl is, and he runs straight at me. And the front-on tackle is probably one of the easiest as far as technique goes. You flick the legs, and before you know it, the, the pub's roaring with laughter. <laughs> Matt is on his bum. And uh, I, I, honestly, I never left the pub on those occasions without completely selling all the raffle tickets and they're yelling, go get some more tickets. I want to have a crack. Oh, uh, that's gold. That's gold. That's and were they local day. pubs or country pubs? Well, a bit of both, really. Yeah. We did, did some down Illawarra. Actually, anywhere we could get, we would go. Yeah, local pubs. 
pretty much everywhere. But you don't stay too long because after a while they start running, you know, harder and harder. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Especially with all the beers yeah. that you're, you're raffling off. Exactly, yeah. Mm. I, look, I wouldn't change those. They made us really determined, really, really um, happy, proud. It was just a great time. Mm. Now, you just mentioned the World Cup. You also played 15 tests for the Australian team. You must be so proud of the achievements that you that you succeeded and, and also, you know, the, the mark that you've left on the, the women's game. Oh, guys, I tell you what, you, you've really done your homework. Yeah, well, well, that's, that's yeah. what we've got to do. <laughs> well, that that's what was absolutely fabulous. It's right from the get-go, you talk about, you know, the women uh, round in rugby league, but we had a committee that were really tenacious and um, they organised test matches for us every year. You know, and, and there was a lot of work that went into that. So I was very lucky to, yeah, play in um, 15 test matches and sort of I'm very proud, very, very proud to be a part of the history and um, really, uh, really proud to see where, it's, where it is now. Well, you're, you're a legend in the sport, really, of rugby league. I think you played in the first Jellaroos team, 1995. I did, yeah. yeah. And then um, I took over as captain, I think, in 1997. Captain the first World Cup team in 2000. Look, it it just all went so quickly. And that's when I talked to the girls, you know, the the girls that are playing now. The one thing I stress is they really soak it all in because it's, you know, it goes so quickly. Um, I actually just, Tuesday night, just gone, I went into camp with the under-19 State of Origin team. And now most of those girls are made up of girls that played came through the Targegale Cup Unreal. this year. Mm. And look, they are so receptive. They love the history. They Just the respect that the girls give, it's not like, oh, God, you know, we've got to listen to this person speak. Mm. They are genuinely interested. And it's that sort of passion and commitment and, you know, that sort of thing that you want in your young athletes and you know that they'll go far. So I think uh, the future of women's rugby league is really looking great. And you shared with us some old footage of a game you played against Great Britain in 1996 at Redfern Oval. And I've put that on our YouTube channel, Rabbitohs TV. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And I've just put a highlights package up and you feature there as a crafty young halfback, even though he has got beat 18-20. But, yeah, that, that's the hallowed turf of Redfern Oval. You played a test match there. Yeah, did look, loved that. And that one stung a bit, you know, losing to, to the Poms on home soil. But, yeah, look, you can see probably the hits are just as hard. The passion is is there the way it is today. But to play, you know, on home soil for the green and gold – just an amazing experience and at half back I was lucky to get my hands on the ball quite a bit and um, well you said crafty I don't know like I might take on the line a bit but I was always quick to ditch it so the forwards were the ones <laughs> doing the hard work <laughs> I don't blame you because I, I watch I, lo- I love watching the women's game Tasha because some of the contact in, in the defense is unbelievable it's so good 
to watch a, a, a natural game as well. And the girls just play what's in front of them. Exactly right. It's it's a pure game that the girls play. And that's what I love. It's not, you know, a, a little bit of stuff's crept into the men's game. And, you know, game games evolve, but the girls are still playing that really pure game. And the contact is amazing. You know, but they get back up. The girls bounce back up. And that was it was like that 20 years ago. Mm. You, you'd see the knocks and you'd just think, holy hell, how did she get back up? But the girls do. We mm. just do that. And you showed us a jersey from the first Origin game in 2018, and that was a milestone game for the for women's rugby league, wasn't it? It was. 2018 was um, the inaugural official state of origin. It used to be called Interstate Challenge prior to that. And so even though I played for New South Wales, I was lucky enough to be the first New South Wales captain. I went into camp in 2018, which was the first official state of origin. And I was lucky enough to talk to the girls and David Trotto. David Trotten. Yeah, he presented me and it was a surprise because I showed them the jersey I ran out playing for New South Wales and it was like a dress because mm. they didn't have, um, you know, girls-sized jerseys and that the material was heavy, if you guys can remember back then. They're nothing like the really well-fitted ones that, that the girls run around in and the box blokes today. Mm. And so Trotto presented me with New South Wales State of Origin jersey and the the main thing is that the number was zero zero one, and oh, that's pride of place. That's honestly that's one of great. my favourite possessions. Yeah, and that, that that game was at North Sydney Oval, and I'm pretty sure another one of our former hosts. We had Maddie Studd, and she was the man of the oh, the woman of the match that that, that night. She's playing. Oh, she's Maddie playing Studden. again. She's playing again tomorrow night. She's a fantastic little half, but very crafty, great kicking game, and a good goal kicker. Mm. And she started off with bunnies, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she was a mascot, mascot junior. Yeah. yeah, and uh, look, that just shows how competitive the game is. Like Maddie, as you mentioned, in 2018, I think she was captain. Then 2019, she scored a try under the post. She got player of the of the match, the Nellie Doherty medal, I think, in 2019. And then 2020, didn't make the squad. Mm, but the tenacious, yeah, the athlete that, that she is, you know, the people would hang their head and, you know, kick stones. But Mark, Maddie came back and I commentated the city-country game um, a couple of months ago. And I'll tell you what, there is no way Maddie Studden could not be selected in the State of Origin team. There was Kylie Hilda there uh, and Rui Sims there, as well as Jeff Tooby as selectors, just finalising the squad. And there's no way Maddie wasn't going to be the number one halfback. The way she played and the way she's been playing all, all year has been outstanding. You just mentioned the coaching staff there, Tasha, and I think it's the first time that a woman is in charge of the New South Wales Blues uh, tomorrow night. And the officials are yeah. all women officials. That's correct. Correct, yeah. The, both touchies and um, the ref in the middle. Yeah, Belinda Sharp. Um, yeah. Yes, look, she's she takes great control of the game. You know the game's in good hands when she's out there in the middle. But it's also good to see the touchies. Like we've got an all, all-girl officiating team out there. We've got the coaching staff, Tani Norris, whom 
I played with actually in that World Cup team. Um, she's done great things for the game, Tani. So she's coaching the Dirty Queenslanders. Yeah. And we're just going to we're uh, just going to touch on that. We're going to get your thoughts on who was going to win. But after you hear, hearing you say the Dirty Queenslanders, <laughs> we know you're going to say yeah. New South Wales Blues. Absolutely, my mouth will not form <laughs> the words. Like I can't even saying them. I can't even say whatever colour no. they are. No, we're, the, we're the same here for the well, for well, the boys as well. It's so. a fair squad we've named. I mean, the, the men's team have got two of the most unbelievable centres you've ever seen in Turbo and Latrell Mitchell. But what about Isabel Kelly and Jessica Surgis? Wow. Not about not a bad centre pairing. Oh, fellas, come on! They are the two best centres in the game. They're they're awesome. And what's good is they brought Jess in um, last year. They had her on the wing. Jess is the sort of player that needs to needs to touch the ball early, needs to get a bit more of the ball. And um, she's playing in the centres this time, and I think that'll really work out well. And uh, Izzy Kelly, just a legend of the game. So, well, actually, both of them last year were sort of hobbling around a little bit under, you know, injury, and uh, they're both finding fit this year. So, go the Blues. Mm. You've had a rugby league comp named after you. Tell us about the Tasha Gale Cup. Wow. Look, firstly, people, you know, might ask me, how does it feel to have a, a competition named after you? And, you know, in the words of Rex Mossop, I'm still flabbergasted. <laughs> I really am. It's just, I remember the, the, the phone call where they said, look, we're putting your name forward. Um, do you mind, you know, to be considered? And said, of course not. And then, when they told me that, yeah, they're actually going to name the competition Tasha Gale, I thought, wow, that is absolutely amazing. The, and the girls coming through, you know, from, from year one, round one, year one in uh, 2017, you could see the progression of the players. Uh, the coaching staff was so dedicated. And right up to now, honestly, it's, they've got nine teams, nine quality teams, this grand final was won by the Dragons and they finished fifth at the end of the round. So right. it's, it's really competitive. And, Phyllis, what I'm really happy about is um, I, I hear that uh, the Rabbitohs are putting a team in next year. Yep, we were just about to touch that on that. That was going to be our follow-up question, but, yeah, that's yep. going to be exciting for the pathways. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, that's going to be a, yeah, exciting for the pathways of South Sydney players in the future. Oh, absolutely. Look, with the growth of the NRLW, uh, if you think about it, like four teams, now COVID, you know, we, we hit a bump in the road with, with COVID, but we had, you know, four squads of 22 last year. This year, we've got six squads of 24. Now, as a math mathematician, I make a great PE teacher, but I think that takes <laughs> us from... 88 players last year to 144 players in this year's NRLW. Mm. So those, you know, grassroots coming up through uh, the Taj Gale Cup, there are so many more positions, so many more avenues. You've got the Dragons Academy um, building the pathways as well. I'm so happy to have a Bunnies team in that competition so that we can get those Bunny girls out and uh, they can see, you know, they can see what's ahead of them and a great pathway. Yeah, look, I, I, and you just touched on that, Tasha, and the Rabbitohs don't have a team in that top league, but I think this is the development for the players 
and the club itself, they want to hit the ground running when they do have a team in that in that top league. Yeah, absolutely. Look, what I love about the game and, and growing up was that little bit of tribalism that you had and the passion for a particular club. And you guys know it yourselves. The, the Rabbitohs have got a tremendous culture, a tremendous pride. I mean, I love the borough. Oh, and so if you they? bring your... Oh, I love it. So if you bring your juniors through and then they, if you can get into the NRLW, which is the Bunnies are taking all the right steps in, in building these pathways and putting the team into the Taj Gale Cup next year. And then, you know, how much pride, how much fan base, how much the game is just going to grow, you know, in leaps and bounds. And, uh, yeah, we want the Bunnies to be a really strong club in the NRLW, and I'm hoping maybe early as next year. I don't know. Have you guys heard? Well, we're hearing some whispers maybe the, the year after, but I've always thought that the WNRL is not the same without South there. So mm. let's hope that the reason we've put a team in your comp, the Tasha Gale, under-19s, and also the under-17s, the Lisa Fiola Cup. Do you know how much about Lisa Fiola? Oh, I love her. Uh, yeah, they call her Barb. Actually, she was playing way back in the day. She's uh, huge in coaching. Well, she's done a lot for women's rugby league. Um, they call her Barb's because like running into her and trying to get over or through her, it was like barb, uh, barbed wire fence. She's hard as, she's still fit as. She's actually um, coaching a team in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership and her daughter is actually playing in that team. Oh, okay. She's a... Uh, she is, you talk about legends of the game, yeah. You've been doing some commentating on the women's game on the Monday nights, and I've listened to probably half of them this year, and you're doing, you're doing a fantastic job. How are you enjoying that? Look, I'm loving it. I'm just wondering how you missed out on the other half. Have you, have you got it right? Oh, we're shift, we're, shift work. we're all Wolfies. Just, just like Maddie Studden used to be, we're all Wolfies, see? So yeah. we're yeah. all over the joint. We could yeah. be asleep or I've up just, working. I've or... just got up from night shift tonight. <laughs> Fellas, you can always live stream it. Um, sorry, go back and watch the replay. But yeah. yeah, no, on a serious note, I've been really lucky to be able to commentate the girls, most of them from the Centre of Excellence, which is a beautiful ground to play on. So, yeah, I've, I've really been able to get involved and, and watch how the combinations are working and, you know, how the girls are coming along. So it's really given me uh, an even better insight and, getting to know the girls and the players and the coaching staff even more. I've just loved being able to commentate it. Now, uh, away from commentating and uh, your daytime job as a teacher, what does Tasha Gale like to get up to these days? Oh, we always love a family card game. Uh, we've got this annual event called the Gale Family Cookie Crumble. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember Brian Cook, who... Western Suburbs Magpie. Right. He's uh, he's he came up with a game named the Shield, and so yeah, I don't mind a, a bit of game of cards. I love, obviously, watching as much sport as I can. I can't myself play contact, obviously, too old for that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah you know, I'm pretty much into everything and anything, and really enjoying life. And what about the card games? What what type of cards? What is it? Yuka or gin rummy? Mate, it's they're they're all euchre or po- poker based games. Okay, like and it's dealer's choice. 
Yeah. So you can have, you know, um, have you got a good poker face? Well, I I played a lot of Texas Hold'em poker actually. Yeah, there you um, go. So yes, I like to think <laughs> I've got a poker face, but I tell you what, the kids, I've got two HSC classes and. They can see right through me, so apparently not. Oh, oh, look, being an old halfback, you'd have that poker face. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, got to be a little bit crafty here and there. That's it. Anyway, as I said at the top of the show, uh, rugby league royalty, we're lucky to have you on the show, Tasha Gal. Thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Jeez, boys, we've had some legends on the show, but jeez, none bigger than Tasha Gale. What, what a champion! Yep, an absolute legend. Rugby league royalty, like you said, chaps, and she's done it all in the game, and she's giving back now. Yeah, back when women's rugby league wasn't popular, she sort of like came through and, and kicked it off. And not only that, but what about what a champion she was. She looked after her brother, Scott, who was battling motor neuron disease, moved in with him just so she could be his carer. It was very That's- sad, wasn't it? I was, was quite emotional listening to that. And thank you, Tasha, for sharing that with us. And we didn't mention, Scott was a great player. Oh, I was thinking about Scott yeah. while she was saying that. I've just got these visions of him chipping, chasing and all that. He was, he was an unbelievably talented footballer. Well, we've had the great Mark Guyer on the show, and he was the one, Scott was the, this is probably a negative point, but Scott was the player that did the dropout when Mark Guyer regathered it in the grand final and set up that famous try for Roycey Simmons. Yeah, and we heard him retell the story when he caught the ball he saw the line wide open and then he got tackled I think by Mal and then he heard MG MG and his little mate was just running through and got the ball but I was going to say that as well that I had the pleasure of playing against Scott and not wasn't really a pleasure at the time because he was so hard to tackle he was electric <laughs> he was classy he was a classy yeah. player mate. Yeah. and him and Brett both started off at the West Magpies and, and then moved around a bit but yeah it's a, a sad story it was story. a bit of a journey man but he could afford to be because he was so talented. And one of the good things, tomorrow night, if well, we're recording here on a Thursday, so you'll be listening to this probably tomorrow by the time we get it out there, but Tasha will be commentating with the great Andrew Voss on the Women's State of Origin game up there at Sunshine Coast Stadium. So Make sure you tune wait. in. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to that. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Tasha. And make sure you have a look at our website webpage where you'll see Tasha in action in 96 and there's some good photos. Some great of, photos. A couple of articles there for you to read. And when you're watching that video on our Rabbitohs TV YouTube channel, don't forget to please subscribe because we're on our way to 1,000 and you're going to help us get there. And make sure, listeners, if you haven't visited our website, make sure you do because Mavo does a tremendous job with all the photos, videos. It's all there for you to look at about this whole episode. And you can subscribe there too. Just scroll down, put your email in. Every time we post a story, you get a notification. That's it. Easy peasy. Yeah, Tasha Gal, pioneer of the sport. And we're lucky she gave us her time on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by Export Freight Systems. We support Aussie manufacturers. If you're thinking of selling, contact NG Farrah Real Estate and tell them Rabbitohs Radio sent you. We are proudly supported by the Juniors Group of Clubs. Join the Juniors Fitness Centre today for just nineteen ninety five direct debit. Now it's time for Remembering a Rabbitoh, brought to you by Export Freight Systems, by yours truly, 
Brad Ryder. Gary Stephen Hambly. Rabideau player number 658. Nickname? Hambone. Stephen with a PH. I knew it would come back to you. Ding on. <laughs> How many is that? I think that's 17, eh? Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not that good at counting. But yeah. Born on the 18th of April, 1956. The year that Australian television started, boys, and it was Bruce Gingell, first person on Australian television. Father of David, board member of the Evil Empire. Legend. And you were in his box at the 2014 and Grand Final. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been on the halfway line in the corporate box of Channel 9. So mm. there you go. Great mm. TV family, weren't they? Oh, yeah. 1956, the Melbourne Olympics as well, where the Golden Girl, Betty Cuthbert, won three gold medals. The 100, the 200, and she anchored the 4x100 relay. Yep. So what a... What a great year that was. Oh, it was a proud year for this nation. It was when our country got showcased on the world stage. A little bit like in 2000 in the modern times, but 56 was like, how good's this? And we had some legendary performances there. In terms of the Rugby League, 1956, it was the start of St George Dragons, record-breaking 11 premierships in a row. And that ended the Rabbitohs' run of three in a row. Well, there we, you go. We won 53, 54 and 55. So a few things happened that year. Also born that year was Shane Gould and Marawai Yanapingu, also known as Yatha Yindi. Well, speaking of Shane Gould, Betty Cuthbert's three gold medals to an Australian only happened again in 1972 by that woman, Shane, Shane Gould. Gould. There you go. And also the legendary Fanny Durack died in 1956, one of the pioneering Aussie Olympic women. So a great year, 1956, chaps. We just went off on a... Little bit of a tangent yeah. there. She should pull them stats out. It's written on Brownie's arm for the listeners out there. <laughs> anyway, um, his junior football was played at Botany RSL, Botany United, and the Two Blues are mascot. So he is a dead set Rabbitohs junior through and through. Now, the so hum- he's a Botany United player that played for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Oh, ding again. Ding again. <laughs> oh, here we go. Are <laughs> oh, you talking about Manoa Thompson? Oh, yeah, yeah. Daryl Neville. Oh, yeah, yeah Dirty Daryl. Speaking mate. of Daryl. Hey, there's yeah. only one Botany Daryl. Yeah, well, uh, Gary happens to be married to Daryl's sister, Sue. And they've got two kids, Cody and Taylor. And Cody is actually a manager at, at Joseph Metcalf Funerals. So yeah. Shout out to you guys. Yep. There you go. How come they don't call you Botany Stephen with a PH? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, perhaps they should. Oh, probably take too long to get it all out. But anyway. The great man, Henry Morris. Yeah. Calls him the Botany Mayor. Oh, does he? Okay. He calls me Magic, actually, but magic. let's move on. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Apologies to Gary and his family. This is all about you, mate. But he was a hard-running prop forward, played for South Sydney between 79 and 83, and he came back in 85 after a stint over in England. Played 91 games for the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs in first grade, 10 tries, seven games in the second grade, 10 in the under-23s, and he scored a try in the under-23s, and he was also presented with life membership of the South Sydney District Rugby League Football Club in 2009. Well, that's huge. We spoke to Brad Ryder a couple of weeks ago, and he's very proud of that, and he deserves it as well, but obviously, Gary Hambly. Oh, the, ha- the hand bone would be uh, boasting about that, no doubt about it. Yep, South Junior, played for the club, mm. life member, and... One of the reasons he did get that chaps is because 
He played in the very first State of Origin in 1980. Yeah, and I've seen that game on replay. I was only four years of age when that was played, but I do remember him playing. And I remember him being a big unit with the beard and all that. I thought he was a giant, but then when I looked at his stats, he was only played at 98 kilos. So they mm. weren't as big as what they were um, t- to this day, mate. And he anyway. was fit. He was one of them players that was just really, really solid and hard. And we've had some tough players play for this great club. And he's one of them. He's up there, Gary Hambly. And we've shared a picture of that very first Blues team in 1980, and it's an iconic game. It was when mate versus mate was born. State versus state. It was when Artie, big Artie, picked from reserve grade at Parramatta, come out and poshed his para-teammate, the Crow, the great Mick Cronin, (laughs) and everyone thought, hang on, this is the real deal. This isn't uh, for show. And that game was played at Lang Park. Legendary game. We got rolled 20 to 10 well, the, the dirty Queenslanders. But the crowd was 32,000. Can you imagine that crowd back then? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, just blood. going back there. Um, Bang for blue blood, as oh, Lottie told us. I didn't get the opportunity to play State of Origin, but I actually played on State of Origin night at Lang Park. I think it was the New South Wales under-21s or, or 19s, where we had the opportunity to play Queensland under-19s or 21s, whatever it was. And it was a full house because... You play, you know, it was towards the end of the game and kickoff for the main game was only half an hour away. The next minute, bang, and all in brawl started. So I can imagine what, you know, the top side was going through when they, they were having all in blues. And what about the teams that oh. day, chaps? Graham, Some of the legends of... Graham Wombat Udi at fullback and, you know, Chris Anderson Oops. on the wing. Yeah, Greg Brentnell, the yep. centres, Mick Cronin, and Steve What about Rogers? the great number seven? Tommy, oh, terrific. Yeah. Yeah, dog. Tommy. I think he might have only played one state of origin, and that was the game. And so did Gary Hambly. So there you go. They share that. Some of the names in the forward pack. Graham Wynn, Bob Cooper from the Magpies. Wally Lewis played lock Craig loose Young. forward. Yep. Yeah. He did. And the great Artie Beats, and we just said that. He got picked from reserve. Great legendary. Led the team out and nearly got man of the match. But that man of the match was Chris Close. And... And there's a couple of guys on the bench, Norm Carr and Brad Antill, who I've never heard of and didn't actually get on the field. And and we, a, a former coach of the Rabbitohs, Johnny Lang as well. Johnny Lang. And we know someone else who happened to have that honour of being selected in State of Origin and didn't get on. The great man. Aaron Raper. Shout Aaron out, Raper. Shout out to you. On your ropes. Yeah. Look, he had a lot of firsts, um, the handbone. Getting back to the handbone, mate. Uh, played in the very first ever charity shield in 1982. Mm. We were... Flogged nine to seven by the dragons. So. By the dragons, yeah. Well, Gee, he's done a, he's done a fair bit. Um, the handbone. Yeah, that famous game that we've both played in Brownie, and all Rabbitohs fans know that the season started, and now we've moved to Mudgee for that. And I think we've won the last few. We've got mm. the upper hand now, but back in the day, yeah, that was it was, was like a, fo- a grand final, wasn't it? You trained all off season mm. for that charity shield game. Yep. In order. To finance a trip to Europe, he ended up playing for York in 83-84. That's why he didn't play for the Rabbitohs that year. And he also went over for a trip to Alaska, of all joints, in, in, in the early 80s. That would have been a, a fantastic trip there, boys. Yeah, definitely, mate. And no better place to do it from over there in the UK where he was playing. Very short. A lot of the uh, players do that these days. They go and play in the UK and, and travel around Europe. A little bit hard to do in today's society with what's going on with COVID. 
He was a self-confessed traveller, Movo, wasn't he? Yep, he was. And ironically, me and Brownie bumped into his brother-in-law, Paul Neville, yesterday walking down at Botany Park, and he mentioned that Brian Hambly is Gary's cousin, who was a legend of rugby league, named in the top 100 rugby league players of all time. And Brian played for South Parramatta, New South Wales and Australia, and was selected in the South Junior Centenary team. So we talked about that before. Sporting blood in the Hambly veins. And nowadays, he runs the Eastport Motel at Port Macquarie, where the players recently visited for the Play for Jake weekend. And that was a huge weekend for a poor young fella who subsequently passed away. And it's also a place where one of our great listeners, who's also an ambassador in Port Macquarie, Becca, you can live. So. so listeners, if you're up Port Macquarie way, make sure you contact Gary Hambly at the Eastport Motel, Port Macquarie. Stay a couple of nights there. Give Becca a call. She might invite you over for a baked dinner. Mad, passionate South Sydney fan. Do it on a night the footy's on. Everyone will be happy. He also once ran the Big Wheels Cafe in Botany and the Boat Shed Cafe at La Perouse, which is going gangbusters, the Boat Shed. You, you ought to book in, what, a couple of days in advance just to get in there for a, for a food, boys. Yeah, what a great spot. I actually went down there for Mother's Day with Belinda and Charlie. But, uh, yeah, great little spot down there. And the Big Wheels Cafe, we, once again, Mavo, we walked past that cafe yesterday. still mm. operating today. I used to venture in there when I was driving a truck. So he's been successful in business, and there's no doubt about that. And and the one thing I really like about the handbone, he's nothing like Mavo. He's very humble. <laughs> never, oh, ever on. talks up his career. <laughs> and... Um, Look, anyway, we, we end up getting some contact details off Gary and we might get him on the show in the future. It was meant to be. We walked past his old place. We saw his brother-in-law, Paulie Neville, who loves listening to the show. And he's just a great bloke, Gaz. And I actually did some work for him, cutting trees down at his place in Botany. Cutting trees down so he could build his pool. Sorry for bringing it back to me yet again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Gaz, we have to catch up with you soon because... That's one of the joys we can do on the show. We can feature former Rabbitohs and then get them on for a chat. We'll chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrell Real Estate. Now, if you're thinking of selling or buying, contact NG Farrah on 0418-252-825. Origin is on Sunday night, and we chatted a bit about it on last week's show, but it's closer now, and the Blues are in from $1.40 to $1.20, and Queensland are out from two ninety to four fifty, probably on the back of the great Harry Grant being ruled out with injury. Well, I think that's a big price for New South Wales, $1.20. I think they should be $1.05. Yeah, morals, are you declaring them morals? Well, I am, but like Lottie said, Suncorp, it's a different beast. Mm. And you can't go away from that Queensland spirit that they always bring out when the 
when the whips start cracking. <laughs> yeah, when the whips start cracking. Well, they made a few changes. They put the broom through the joint. Um, yeah, well, there's no Broncos in the team for the first time in a long time. Yeah, there's no AJ Brimson, Harry Grant's injured, Jaden Sewell's dropped, Joe Gowie. Um, Xavier Coates, who I oh, sort of, I don't know, I was surprised about that. Mm. But yeah. he's a bit of a star, though, Xavier Coates. But but, but anyway. there is one player that has been selected, and we spoke about him last week, chaps. Rhys Walsh. Rhys Walsh. Yes. A prodigious talent. Uh, the ball skills, the vision for the game, the way he runs. He's just a winner. He, he, and he, he can brush off a mistake pretty quick. It doesn't worry him. He's a young fella. Um, it's, a, it's a risky move, though, putting a young fella in there. I think he's only what played seven games. I think seven. Ben Eichen only played four games when he was selected, but that was back when they were split up. And we had to pick two Queensland sides back then, so you needed more players. Yep. Well, I'll admit when you mentioned him last week, it didn't register with me who you were talking about. But I know now, and if you, if I had a registered back then, I would have said yes. I think surely they've got to bring him in because it might only be seven games he's played, but it's seven good games. Gee, what more well, could he be doing? Is the kid's a super talent, and. They've got to try something. Now, I know there's been some commentators say that, oh, look, he's too young, he's not ready, but... Well, he's handled everything that's been thrown at him, exactly. hasn't he? Well, he's that good of a player. He's forced the legendary Roger Tuovasa Shek to the wing. To the wing. Mm, there you right. go. Well, that speaks for itself. Yeah. And they just need something. Yeah. They've only got, really, Cameron Munster is their only other superstar. This kid could be anything. And, you know, twenty might not be looking so good if he comes out and starts carving him up like he's been doing in the NRL. And your mate... Phil Gould wasn't too happy with the selection of Reese Walsh. Yeah. Said he was too young to be thrown into that arena. He even said that I don't care if he comes out and scores five tries and yeah. saves five tries. He still said, I still reckon he's not ready. But look. No, he, I don't think he said he wasn't ready. It wasn't the right decision, the right selection. Chaps, well, what I do mean, you think he, on He's that? got an agenda because yes. he's a football manager of the Warriors and he's trying to protect his player. He's only yeah. a young fella. And they've got high hopes for him to, to lead this Warriors team in, in the next decade. As an 18-year-old, he's trying to turn that um, that club around. I know he's been over there during the week looking at pushing a lot of pathway stuff over in New Zealand. And you can imagine some of the young players coming through over that way. And Stacey Jones has been on board helping him. So he's, he's just worried about protecting the Warriors. But for the good of the game, he, he he's the form fullback for Queensland at the moment he deserves his selection I reckon definitely oh he does Yeah, and enough on the dirty Queensland and you me- well you mentioned uh, we'll touch on one more you mentioned a couple of ins and outs Jaden Sewer has been left out of the squad your thoughts on his form especially with the Rabbitohs I, personally I don't think he's been doing a lot wrong it's just the other players have been doing a lot right well there's talk that he might be on the outer even at South he's on the outer with Queensland so I, I don't know we all know what he can do, what he brings, that aggression, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's consistency uh, is might be one of his um, biggest worries. He seems to sort of fade in and out of games at times. Mm. I know he's been hooked twice this year by Master Coach Wayne Bennett for his slow mm. starts. Mm. So yeah, you, you might not see him in a red and green jumper next year, but we'll leave that up to the boys on the back staff here at the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. But I think they've they've tightened up their edges a bit. Jai Arrow on the edge with. Felice Cafusi, two sort of strong, strong edge back rowers. Tino mm. at lock. Um, they've, they've got to find a way to make some yards. They didn't make a lot of yards, so they'd be expecting guys like Valentine Holmes coming out of dummy half. Big Kyle Felt to get them on the front foot. I think. Mm. And definitely going to miss Harry Grant, boys. I oh, thought. What? Even uh, even another though... bloke maybe I'd never heard of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> until we brought him up. Yeah. Even though we well look, I'm Rabbitohs media. 
I don't have to worry about the other teams, but, it, you know. <laughs> Even though we dominated the game a couple of weeks ago, Harry Grant looked a little bit dangerous in that first 15 minutes, and he looked like the only player that was going to create mm. some sort of attack. And McCulloch in for Harry Grant is a huge downgrade, but Definitely. not bagging you too much, Andrew, but it is in all honesty. But let's enough about the dirty Queenslanders, as Tasha Gale labelled them earlier in the show. <laughs> let's talk about Angus Crichton being recalled. There's no Jake Jaboyevich, but they haven't brought in a middle replacement. Brownie, what are your thoughts? Well, Angus Crichton was discussed last week on the show again, and Mm. I thought that he would gain his selection back in the team, but it just made Freddie's decision a lot easier with uh, Jake Jaboyevich being ruled out. Uh, They've replaced... They've Jake kept, they, with uh, Angus. They kept Leon Martin but a, as well. There's a few middles, though. Like You've got to look at... Cam Murray's a middle. He can play middle. Plays yeah. middle for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Isaiah, obviously, he's going to be in the middle. Tarek you've got, Sims. you got... Big body. Junior Paulo, Saifudi. There's more middles. Payne Haas, front rowers. So uh, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. We've we got enough props. So we didn't yeah. have to bring a prop and in. coming out enough. of our own end, we don't even use them. We use those massive centres and wingers and fullbacks. Yeah. yeah. And there was a ready-made replacement prop in the GOAT. Mark Nichols, if... Yeah, if they was, needed one. Wouldn't have looked out of place. We would have picked him here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, on mm. the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. And I, I would have asked him to wear the headgear too. Mm. What about the image of that blood coming out of his head in the bright green? It was The black and white photo? <laughs> yeah. That was good. Very good. By South Media, the team there, they're doing a great job. Sonny and the boys. They are. And boys, I think we all expect the New South Wales Blues to have a win by, by a couple of tries, eh? Yeah, definitely. I think they will be too strong. I don't think Queensland have got the team and like I said last week I don't think Paul Green is the right man for the job in terms of uh, their coach Well I spoke to Chicka, our man Craig Downs and he said I don't care if we play him on the moon, there's no way they're beating us <laughs> The old saying in Redfern, play him on the street with a brick Alright we might move on from the Blues and, and the Maroons there mate, we might get on to the West Tigers The Maroons or the Maroons? Well, Maroon, well Maroons, we discussed Maroons. that last week. As Anthony well. Maroons. I'm yep. happy for him to be called that. Tomato, tomato, mate. Let's move on now to the West Tigers preview. We're going to play them next Sunday, 4 p.m. at the famous Leichhardt Oval, the eighth wonder of the world. And boys, they're coming off an absolute shellacking up there against the storm on the Sunshine Coast. I watched that game. It was an incredible game. I think the first eight or nine minutes, they didn't touch the ball, and they were down 24 nil or something. <laughs> it was just. It wasn't that they were playing that poorly. The Storm were just at another level. Their line speed. The they way can they, do that. They run the ball so hard. It's it's incredible. Once they get on a roll, they're hard to stop. Well, they did happened it, to us. They did it to us, Brownie. I was going to say that. So, yeah. And can't, I think Redfern Oval's the eighth wonder. Leichhardt like can be the ninth. Mm. All right. <laughs> just in terms of that, I think the ticket sales are really good. I don't think there's many tickets left. Mm. So, oh look, COVID's going to play a big part with what's going on over the next 24 hours to seven days. Who knows what's going to happen? Mm, what a shame because, like you said, it has, we haven't played them there for a decade or whatever it is. And I don't remember the last time I went and watched South play there. And I was really looking forward to a packed house filming for Rabbitohs TV. It's a we'll, great day on the hill. I, do, yeah. I remember the last time I went to watch South play there. Um, we, we, we touched them up. It was my 30th birthday, boys. It was what must have been around the middle of August, which is my birthday. So, yeah, I've got great memories of having a pub crawl right out of that joint. You've got a photographic memory for football, chaps. It was fantastic. What a great day that was. Our rain man of Rabbitohs Radio. Rabbitohs Radio rain man. But look, it is a danger game for the Rabbitohs. 
the Tigers seem to always lift when they go to Leichhardt Oval. And like mm-hmm. you said, if it's a packed house, it's going to be a great game. And we've really got to be up for it. And also the Pathways is going to be a triple header. It's going to be the flag in the New South Wales knock-on effect cup at this stage. But who knows what's going to happen between now and then. Our Origin players will have a full week to recover. And Liam Knight looks the obvious replacement for Junior. But as we discussed earlier, there's a few options there. Whether yeah. we bring Jaden in and push Cameron to the middle. and so yeah, We've got a bit of depth. Yeah, Hame, we... Hame Sally's put his hand up in Hame. recent weeks. He's playing some pretty good footy. Yeah. Well, he could uh, even start at prop, straight swap for, for Junior. And then bring another guy onto the bench. We've got Paddy Mago in the mix. You bring Liam Knight back into the into the fold, yeah, onto the bench. Got a bit of depth. And we've got a couple of young forwards that are on, uh, on the cusp as well. So quite an interesting team list Tuesday coming up. Okay, don't forget to rate and review our show. Please subscribe to our Rabbitohs TV YouTube channel. Take us away, Maroon. And we're all about connecting the Rabbitohs community. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel.